Whenever you talk to somebody, whenever people talk, whether they're Christians or non-Christians, they are coming from somewhere. They're coming from somewhere that is, is much deeper than the things they're saying. The same way when you watch a movie, there's the, the, the director, the producer of those movies, they're trying to pull you to view the world a certain way through their lenses. You have to know that when you, when you go in. Start the beat. Hello there, friends and family. My name is John Rushemeza. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Isaiah 61 Exploits. Isaiah 61, the podcast. Isaiah 61 Exploits exists to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to raise up men and women of God who will take their stand unashamed as oaks of righteousness for such a time as this. Today, uh, in my effort to bring awareness, in my effort to educate, I am going to be talking about a subject which is a, as a foundational subject. Okay, this particular episode, and there's going to be a follow-up to this episode. These two will be laying the foundation on the things that I'm going to be talking about uh, in, the, in the coming future. And for as long as God will have me to talk about these things. So the topic for today, we're going to be answering the question, what is a world view? And then obviously to follow up with that, we're going to be talking about specifically what is a Christian worldview. The reason why I'm starting with the question, what is a worldview in general, is because there are many different worldviews. Uh, and this is pretty much, as you'll see here in a few minutes, a worldview is the lenses through which you see the world. The, the lenses through which you, you choose to uh, interpret the world. We, as humans, have a, a personal worldviews. This is how you see the world because of the things that you personally, as an individual, as a unique person with a unique uh, uh, set of situation, the way things happen to you, the sequence in which things happen to you from when you were born to however old you are today, is unique from anybody else even if you guys were born in the same family it's never exactly the same therefore you see the world differently from the people in your family to a to a degree so that's that's a personal worldview and then there's also such a thing as a, a, a community worldview or a cultural worldview where you find yourself you know for example somebody who's born in the mountains of Afghanistan, they have a different worldview that is because of the kind of setup they were born and raised into. And, and, and the same goes for somebody who were born somewhere in, in, in the desert of, of uh, Africa or in the southern part of Africa in, in an area in a village. You, that person has a certain kind of worldview based off of his people and, and the people around him and the influences and the things that they believe, starting from what they eat to what they worship. So I have an article from a, a publication called Table Talk. Table Talk, I believe, is, a, is an arm of Ligonier Ministry. Okay, Ligonier Ministry is a ministry, I believe, that was founded or was somehow associated with R.C. Dr. R.C. Sproul. This article 
uh, titled On Worldviews and elsewhere, I believe on uh, Ligonier, uh, on Ligonier's uh, actual website is titled What is a Worldview? And uh, this article is written by a man named James N. Anderson. So I am going to be using this article to try to explain uh, what a worldview actually is. Okay, in our culture, in the world today, because these are the things that I'm interested in. These are the things that I speak on primarily because I believe God has called me to these things. So the article goes like this. It says, abortion, euthanasia, pornography, same-sex marriage, transgender rights, embryonic research, generic enhancement, Christians surveying the culture landscape in the West have a clear sense that things are headed in a destructive direction. While most believers can easily identify the symptoms of decline, few feel competent to diagnose and address the root causes. There are many complex factors behind these developments, but one invaluable tool for better understanding and engaging with our culture is the concept of worldview the sociological quirks and moral fissures we observe in our day are largely due to what we might call cultural plate tectonics, shifts in underlying worldviews and collision between them. So again, as I said real fast before I continue, in order to understand the things that are happening in the world, in order to understand even some of the, the for example, the movies that you watch and why the movies was designed that way, why the movies is pushing this kind of agenda. Sometimes you don't realize it until you see something you recognize, but it's all usually uh, built on a certain worldview. So it's important to understand that if you're going to explain this to somebody or if you're going to explain this to your children, uh, it's important to understand the worldview underlining it because otherwise you, you have a very uh, insufficient explanation of a certain trend or a certain um, phenomenon in the, uh, in the culture. For example, uh, when you think about things like what happened in 2020 with the Black Lives Matter and the uh, the whole movement that were pretty much exploded out of that? In order to explain what Black Lives Matter is and what their uh, views are, you have to go to their philosophy, and then so that that means you have to look at their worldview. The reason why a lot of us rejected. Uh, and said and warned other believers to reject Black Lives Matter as an organization is because um, the worldview that they push is completely opposite and in contradiction with the Christian worldview. That's the point of this video. I'm trying to explain why, as Christian, we have to understand the times and in order to understand the times, you have to understand this basic concept of worldview. The article continues. So what is a worldview? The article asks the question, what is a worldview? As the word itself suggests, a worldview is an overall view of the world. It's not a physical view of the world, but rather a philosophical view, an all-encompassing perspective on everything that exists and matters to us. 
Hear that? An all-encompassing. Meaning, if you claim to be a Christian, in order to be a consistent Christian, you have to have an all-encompassing Christian worldview. And this is increasingly the problem today, even with the people in the world. They don't really have a consistent worldview. Most people don't go around thinking about, you know, my worldview, is it consistent? We just adapt these things throughout our lives and put them together. Okay, they call it synchronism. And then by the end of the day, when, when you start thinking to really think deeply about some of the things, some of the views that you've held, you start to realize, oh, wait a minute now, some of these things are inconsistent. And so as a Christian and as a good uh, 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 Christian, we have to always be examining what we believe and what we do, by the way, okay? Some of the compromises we make, some of the things that we expose our, ourselves and our children to, does this line up with my worldview? A good example is before I uh, rededicated my life to Christ, I used to love hip-hop. I loved Little Wayne, I loved Tupac, I loved Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, and all these people. This was my thing. This is how I grew up. I always loved and idolized these people. I listened to their music. And so you could say that my worldview and their worldview aligned, even though not really because I grew up in church and I knew certain things. I was just singing it. I would never actually do it. Um, but I wanted what they have because they have fame, they have Fortune, they have all the women, nice cars, nice, nice houses, whatever. So I, I looked up to them in that kind of sense. But when I got saved, when I, when I rededicated my life to Christ, and I say I rededicated my life because I believe I was saved at seven years old, seven or eight years old, and then I walked away. I strayed away. However, when I rededicated my life back, I... um realized I couldn't listen to this music anymore because this music was not in line with now what I profess to want to, uh, uh, you know, in what I, I wanted to live my life. So I started cutting off some of this music because it's talking about selling drugs. I'm not selling drugs anymore. It's talking about womanizing women and, and, and sleeping around and, and all these things. I'm not trying to live like that anymore. He's talking about, you know, sticking people up and, and doing all these things, drinking and getting drunk and getting wasted and all these things. I'm not trying to live this life anymore. So in other words, my worldview is now being realigned to live a certain way. Uh, therefore, I could not, in good conscience, continue to uh, uh, expose myself to these things. Okay, let's continue in the article. The article continues. A person's worldview represents his most fundamental beliefs and assumptions about the universe he inhabits. It reflects how he would answer all the big questions of human ex existence. Fundamental questions about who and what we are, where we came from, why we're here, and where, if anywhere, we're headed. The meaning and purpose of life, the nature of the afterlife, and what counts as a good life here and now. Few people think through these issues in any depth, and fewer still have firm answers to such questions. But a person's worldview will at least incline him towards a certain kind of answers and away from others. 
Psalm 24 says this, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it in the waters. Why would I say that and believe it? Why would I read that and believe that this is true? Two reasons. One, because I believe in God, right? That's the foundation of my worldview is I believe in God who is, as the, the, uh, uh, the psalmist is saying, the whole world and everything in it belongs to him because he created it. So from that point on, I'm going to look at the world and everything in it in a different way than, say, a, a naturalist or a humanist would do. That's the whole point of this. Anyway, going back to the article, the, the article continues, worldviews shape and inform our experiences of the world around us. Again, my worldview, as I just read in Psalm 24, is that the earth is the, is the Lord's and everything in it. Therefore, as this article is saying, that shapes and informs my experience of the world around me. That informs how I, how I view science. That informs me how I do history. That informs how I, I, I do ethics. That informs everything I do and think. It should for a Christian or for a theist at this point because we haven't talked about Jesus Christ yet, right? But that should inform how you see the world in terms of explanation or interpretation. The article continues, like spectacles with colored lenses, they affect what we see and how we see it. Depending on the color of the lenses, some things may be seen more easily or conversely, they may be de-emphasized or distorted. Indeed, some things may not even be seen at all. For example, imagine an atheist, okay? An atheist who says there is no God or they don't believe in a God. They don't believe in heaven. They don't believe in the possibility of an afterlife. They believe when we die, that's the end of it. So for them, their worldview pretty much ends when you die. That's it. And so you can imagine then how they live life and how they respond to life and what they, they emphasize and their priorities and how, to, how they choose to live life is different in terms of meaning because even if they fight for equality, okay, fine, but there's no end to it. It's all pointless because when we die, that's the end of it anyway. There's no judgment. There's not going to be, there will be nobody to, that's coming to save us. There's nobody that's coming to right every wrong and punish those who insisted on doing evil. Now, for us as Christians, that's different because we believe in the afterlife. We believe in judgment. We believe in eternal either separation from God or, in, or eternity with God. So we live life accordingly. Uh, our priorities are different. We want to preach the gospel to people, to bring this awareness to people. Hey, 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 hey. Whatever you do now, depending on, on, on how you respond to the Son of God who was sent here to this earth to die for your sins, to, to, to kind of mend the relationship between you and God. If you don't accept him and allow him to apply this forgiveness to your life, 
right? This atonement for your sin. If you don't let him become your mediator between you and God, then you're going to suffer the consequence for not only your actions, but the action of our forefathers, our parents, Adam and Eve. So as you can see, the priorities are different and how we see things are, are different. In fact, we see some things that they don't see. And we see it because God has given it to us in his word and we believe it is his word. As I said already, and the article continues here, worldviews operate at both individual and societal level. Rarely will two people have exactly the same worldview, but they may share some basic type of worldview. Personally, I believe to a degree, people do not have the exact same worldview because we're all individuals and, and, and the way things happen to us are not exactly the same, even if we were born in the same family. Even if we're twins, we were born at the same time. Article continues, moreover, within any society, certain worldview types will be represented more prominently than others and will therefore exert a greater influence on the culture of that society. Western civilization since around the 4th century has been dominated by a Christian worldview, even though there have been individuals and groups who have challenged it. But in the last couple of centuries, for reasons ranging from technologies to theological, the Christian worldview has lost its dominance. Competing worldviews have become far more prominent. These non-Christian worldviews include, now pay attention, naturalism, which says, according to the article, there is no God. Humans are just highly evolved animals. The universe is a closed physical system. This is where a lot of uh, uh, atheists find themselves. They're naturalists. Okay. They're, 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 this, I believe, can also be called humanist, humanism. They do not see anything past this life. The next one, according to the article, is postmodernism. There are no objective truth, tr truths and moral standards. Reality is ultimately a human social construction. And this is the one of the prominent worldviews in our culture today is postmodernism. This is where uh, uh, the relativism comes in that says your truth, my truth, we can have different truths. There's no such thing as objective truth, that which is true both for you and I, that which remains true whether you agree with it or not. Now, postmodernism is a big, deep philosophical uh, tradition or concept that cannot be explained with just a few words. In fact, most people say that it really cannot even be defined. And that's intentional because that's how it works. Okay. But some of the things that are popular today in the church culture or in the community in general are things like deconstructionism or deconstruction, which also is uh, uh, a part of postmodernism, which is why some of us insist on telling people, hey, don't use that kind of language because that kind of language has a certain baggage that if you use the language, if you use those terms without explaining what you personally mean and the difference between what you mean and what they mean, then you're bringing and furthering confusion. Continued in the article, 
uh, is the worldview of pantheism. Pantheism says God is, is the totality of reality. Thus, we are all divine by nature. Pluralism says the different world religions represent equally valid perspective on ultimate reality. There are many valid paths to salvation. And um, Steve Harvey did a video a couple of years ago, I believe, uh, or maybe it was last year. Sometime not too long ago, Steve Harvey did a video that, you know, he went to, I guess, some Muslim country and he was talking about religion and came to a conclusion. And we've always thought Steve Harvey was a Christian and maybe he still considers himself a Christian. But he actually said, which I could not believe from him, he said that there are many paths to God. There are many paths to pretty much salvation, as this article is saying. When in fact, if you're a true Christian, true Christianity, true orthodox historical Christianity says that there's only one path to God. And we said this because God himself said, God himself in the second person, Jesus Christ, came to this earth in, uh, and took on uh, human flesh, right? And he said that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can get to the Father except through him. So he's either a liar or Steve Harvey and the uh, pluralists are a liar. I choose to say the pluralists and Steve Harvey and all these people are liars. Jesus is not a man, therefore he cannot lie. I mean, Jesus is a man also, 100% man, 100% God. However, he is God, 100%, therefore he cannot lie. That's what I meant to say. Don't brand me a heretic, please. Islam is a popular religion uh, which has a set of... Uh, lenses that it uses to see the world in it they say there's only one god which is like christianity he has no son contradict christianity god has revealed his will for all people through his final prophet muhammad christianity do not teach that and his eternal word is the quran christianity do not teach that either and by the way the quran is not just the same as the bible there are things in the Quran that contradict the Bible. The law of non-contradiction says two things that are in contradiction cannot both be true. One has to be a lie or both could be a lie, but they both cannot be true. As Christians, we say the Bible, the word of God is true. Therefore, the Quran is not. It has some truth in it, but it's not all true another one last one and there's a, there's other ones these are just examples of the most popular ones and i believe and and i would do a video specifically for this one because this one is a very interesting worldview it's called moralistic therapeutic deism god wants us to be happy and nice to other people he intervenes in our affairs only when we call on him to help us out most Christians, and sometimes including myself, live my life this way. I don't pray. I don't bother with, with God as much. And then when I'm in trouble, 
when I need help, that's when I, I, I really cry out to God. When I was out there in my uh, uh, backlid, backslidden state, I used to uh, pray what they call foxhole prayers. These foxhole prayers were pretty much that. I didn't bother with God. In fact, I was running away from him up until I was in trouble. Anyway, I will do dedicate a whole episode to that one particular worldview. And, and maybe at some point in the future, I will talk about these other ones more in depth. But that particular one, I want to do something about it because it, some of the things I found out about it are very, very interesting. Anyway, the article towards the end, it says, each of these worldviews have a profound implication of how people think about themselves, what behaviors they consider right or wrong, how they orient their lives. It is, it is therefore central that Christians be able to engage with unbelief at the worldview level. And what that means is, uh, is that when you talk to somebody, when you're having a conversation with somebody, it's pointless to just say, hey, this is what the Bible says, and therefore I believe it, and, and you should too. Because if you don't talk to them at a worldview level, you're pretty much talking past each other. They're trying to tell you what they're telling you because of their worldview. And it's usually one of these kind of worldviews, like Islam, pluralism, moralistic, therapeutic, Deism, postmodernism is a big one today. And because they have this as a foundation, as the lenses that they're wearing, no matter what you say, they're not going to see it up until you address the glasses themselves. Look for, and this is one of the reasons why uh, I chose the name Isaiah 61, is because Jesus himself uh, uh, quoted Isaiah 61 at the announcement of his ministry, right? And But he changed something in, in the passage, or he read it differently. I forgot what the scholar said about this, but this is what Jesus said. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and the recovery of sight for the blind. The recovery of sight. He's not necessarily, uh, uh, and, and he said, and to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. But right there where he said the recovery of sight, he is not talking about just physical sight. And yes, he did uh, uh, lay hands on the blind and they saw and, and their eyes were open. But most importantly, he's talking about spiritual blindness. People who are in darkness, in utter darkness, who cannot see. So he's come to bring, in other words, they are wearing a wrong, uh, wrong glasses. They're, they're, they're not operating in, um, they're not wearing the right glasses for them to see life the way God wants them to see life. In John chapter 3, okay, after the world's, one of the world's most uh, popular verses, John 3.16, it says here in verse 19, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. 
but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. What this is trying to say is that the world is filled with darkness. The people are in the dark and they like to do what they do in the dark because deep down, according to Romans 9, everybody knows there's a God. Everybody knows there's, there's going to be uh, uh, um, judgment. Everybody can see by looking around that clearly there's a God. But they don't want to come out of this darkness because it's too comfortable, it's, it's too good, it's, it satisfies the flesh, the desires of the flesh. And so we don't want the light. But Jesus came to bring the light. And this, again, at a worldview level, like the article is trying to tell us, you are now addressing somebody's worldview. When you hear people talk, the language they use and the things they reference and how, and, and how they see, for example, how they see God. If you talk to somebody and they say, no, 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 there is no God. Humans are it. We evolved and we find ourselves uh, here today by chance, okay? But there's, there's pretty much when you die, that's it. When somebody is talking like that, you know where they're coming from on a worldview level. So preaching to them the gospel is great because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. But... It helps to be aware of the worldview that they're coming from so that you can address that even as you preach the gospel to them. Because you can compare the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the Christian worldview to their worldview, and then bring in the gospel to inform them of what they need to do to be saved. They need to do to see the world rightly, to put on the right pairs of glasses. Article continues, Christians need to understand not only what it means to have a biblical worldview, but also why they should hold fast to that worldview and apply it to all of life. They should be able to identify the major non-Christian worldviews that vie for dominance in our society, to understand where they fundamentally differ from the Christian worldview, and to make a well-reasoned case that the Christian worldview alone is true, good and beautiful at the end of the day that's what life is about we are trying to identify what is true good and beautiful okay the philosophers of the past of the ancient ancient philosophers that's what they were pursuing they were in pursuit of the true the good and the beautiful and all these worldviews, to some level they're trying to pursue that because it's a human it's innate in us. We're, we're designed to want to pursue that. I believe because of the image and likeness of God on us, even those who reject the, that God is real, they are actually trying to pursue the true, the good, and the beautiful. They're just uh, going about it the wrong way. The one way, the good way to do this is by putting on the right pair of glasses. The challenge is greater than ever. True that, because this is why I am doing this this particular episode is uh, to, to, to kind of bring awareness because the time is coming that people need to get out of this shallow Christianity. We need to get into the deep waters because that's where the world is today. And some of these people, we're not going to be able to win them over unless we understand 
where they are and what, where they're coming from. Article continues, the challenge is greater than ever, but we shouldn't be discouraged because the opportunities and resources available to us are greater now than they have ever been. In the last half century or so, there has been remarkable re renaissance in Christian philosophy and apologetics, much of which has focused on developing and defending a biblical worldview. Whatever God calls his people to do, he equips them to do. The problem is not that the church is under-equipped, but that she has yet to make full use of what Christ had provided for her. I believe that to be the truth. And this is why I uh, um, de de decided this year, I felt convicted with the help of uh, uh, my wife, Shanice, to bring awareness to this kind of stuff and to point people to resources. I'm not creating the resources. I hope to one day, maybe write a, 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 some books, articles, and, and, and things of that nature, make some, some uh, other contributions. But today, this is my contribution. I'm pointing people to the resources. This is one, Table Talk. If you go on that website, you search in a subject, you're going to find all kinds of uh, articles and publications. Other resources that I'm going to be sharing uh, down the road concerning whatever topic I'm talking about, because I believe that there are resources out there. It, the, the fact that people don't know, it's not because there's no resources today. That's not, a, that's, that's not an excuse. The fact that people don't understand the simple concept of a worldview and the different worldview that are there, where people are coming from when they make certain assertions, is not because there are no resources. It's because people do not want to utilize these resources. All this to say, all this to say that whenever you talk to somebody, whenever people talk, whether they're Christians or non-Christians, they are coming from somewhere. They're coming from somewhere that is, is much deeper than the things they're saying. The same way when you watch a movie, there's the, the, the director, the producer of those movies, they're trying to pull you to view the world a certain way through their lenses. You have to know that when you, when you go in. You have to understand as you watch, okay, this looks like postmodernism that's being pushed in here. This looks like naturalism that's being pushed in here. This is clearly moralistic, therapeutic deism that is being pushed in here. And as you understand these things, right, you begin to better understand the message. As you understand the Christian worldview, you begin to better understand the gospel, better understand the implications of the gospel. This is why this is important. This is why us understanding and, and, and um, re-examining our worldview is important because a lot of times we live inconsistent lives and we're confused and most people end up walking away from the from the from the faith because their worldview was conflicting at some places that's why people say well if there's a god why doesn't he stop evil that that's coming from a, a, a twisted worldview a twisted understanding of god Anyway, I'm going to end here 
Thank you, thank you so much, everyone, for joining me. Thank you for listening to me. Those who have listened to me up to this point, please, please, please consider sharing this episode. This episode will be on, on YouTube in its entirety. It will be on the, uh, as a podcast, on Apple Podcasts, and most of the places you get your podcasts. And um, this is going to be a foundation. I'm going to follow up with explaining the Christian worldview in particular. And from there, we're going to venture into some other things to kind of help people, help my brothers and sisters understand what we're dealing with in the world today and how we can better uh, respond. We are supposed to think responsibly. The Bible has called us to love God with our heart, with our soul, with our minds. Let us not neglect that part our minds so we're supposed to think responsive uh, responsibly in order for us to transfer this information we have to have thought about it in, in, a, in a responsible and diligent way so thank you for joining me please share this and subscribe to my channel if you can um, and god bless you i will see you on the flip side which means in the next episode